Hello and uh, welcome to the Viking Prepper podcast. I am Johan the Viking Prepper. Uh, today I want to talk about survival prepping for normal people. First of all, I believe that most preppers are normal people and the normal people that don't prepare are not able to see the warning signs in both past and current uh, political, economical and environmental events that is, is uh, occurring. And uh, on the other hand, there are some preppers that take it a bit too far. For instance, the Doomsday Preppers TV show on Discovery Channel was not a great promotion for the average normal prepper. And uh, don't get me wrong, in many areas in the U.S., you need a shelter from storms that can also be used as a bunker. But the ones that build a bunker out in the desert with guns and ammo to rage a war against a small army, well, that's just not normal prepping to me. Some of these TV shows and news coverages about guys that barricades themselves in their homes with tons of firearms, booby-trapping their homes and threatening government agencies, um, have put a bad taste or stigma on the word prepping or preppers. Um, so when you're first starting out, maybe you feel the same way or pressure that I felt, um, that it's frowned upon, and that if your neighbors and relatives know you're a prepper, you get a label to be someone that sits around with a tinfoil hat on your head, now waiting for the world to come to an end. But nothing is further from the truth. When it comes to preparedness, preparedness is and should be everyone's best interest. I would say that Texans, if any people, would know how to be prepared. They have some of the most treacherous weather in uh, North America. and Because inland you get the tornadoes, and on the coastline you have the hurricanes. Um... And uh, if any state knows that you should be prepared for a rainy day, it is Texas. They even have a state sale once a year where you don't pay sales taxes on most preparedness gear that you buy. And that should tell you something. More and more people are waking up to the realization that the government will not be able to mobilize and be there to help them. Even, even FEMA and other government agencies recognizes this and encourage people to have a minimum three days of food and water in case of an emergency. Now, I think that number is kind of laughable, but it's a good start. It's the bare minimum that anyone should have uh, when starting out in their preparedness. Now, leaving society and moving into a more rural, rural area uh, with little or no population is for most people not an option. Some can argue that it's something people should do because the storm is coming and I both respect and admire people that have made that transition to living off the land and uh, also some somewhat uh, homesteading and um, but I'm more of a believer that we have to live a normal life with normal activities we all need to work and make a living our children need schooling sports and activities although uh, the quality in some of the curriculum they're teaching at school can be questioned um, and uh, anyone that just participates these days will get a trophy. Um, but you know what? Let's not go down that rabbit hole because that could <laughs> that could take a while to discuss. Um, but as long as society is somewhat normal, I think we benefit from easy access to stores to get our groceries and other items. Um, and I, I don't know about you, but with aging parents, it is also important not to be too far away from health care and other conveniences. And even though I'm not much for large public places, a trip once in a while, a dinner out, or going to the movies is quite nice. Having that said, 
I hope that more and more people get into prepping and preparedness. And the first step is to realize that you need to become prepared. So the Western world today um, is more vulnerable to both man-made and natural disaster than at any time in history. And I think that's due to our dependence on technology and our lifestyle um, that is supported by use of constant, uh, the constant resupply chains of transportation. Um, and also the, uh, the dependency that we have uh, on electricity. Now, when it comes to the environmental, we have natural disasters and severe storms, um, like extreme heat and cold. Uh, there's also danger of EMPs, electrical, electrical magnetic pulse, hurricanes and flooding. Obviously, we have the tornadoes, the earthquakes and wildfires. And also, if you're paying attention to climate change, there's a huge correlation to temperature and water shortages. Not only in the U.S., but Europe and South Africa, for instance, are losing crops and livestock due, like due to these uh, water shortages at this moment. And um, we also have the man-made environmental concerns like pandemics, nuclear power plants where you can have a radiation leak if there, there's some issues there. Just look at what happened in Japan. Um, then we also have, you know, dams and uh, levees can overflow and collapse. Um, chemical factories is something you have to be considered about too uh, for the environment. Uh, you could have spills or explosions there. When it comes to uh, economical, um, the big uh, the big thing there that's on the radar right now that I'm watching is the water. Uh, water and crop shortages because it's affecting our food uh, because it's gonna our food is becoming more and more expensive due to that and uh, another thing that's important to keep an eye on is, and that is the US national debt um, it's a long-term threat to the nation's economy and it seems like most countries and nations in the world are spending money that they don't have and even though they're spending all this money we have aging infrastructure and a declining educational system and less local manufacturing. In the U.S., um, we have a large aging population with less workers, uh, meaning less paying taxes. So the ratio of working age Americans to retired Americans is going to fall dramatically. From about uh, 5 to 1, so we have 5 working Americans today and uh, one retired American, and that's going to change by 2030. It's going to be three to one, so three Americans working and one American retired. And those retirees have the right to demand resources in healthcare as they work for it and paying into the system. But that also means less available resources for the generations coming behind them, like uh, Social Security. By 2022. Social Security will be paying out more in benefits than it's generating in annual revenue, meaning it's estimated to have completely exhausted its $3 trillion asset reserves by 2034. When it comes to the political side of it, uh, you know, U.S. status as a superpower is, con is constantly challenged by China and Russia and other countries. Um, and most countries face democratic and resource challenges. And as they face them, uh, you know, uh, and also for trade, 
uh, for the scarce uh, resources, it's going to be leading to more uh, increase in conflict worldwide. Um, so what can normal people do to prepare for a rainy day? Well, what you can do is you can make a detailed, tailored plan that is geared towards your and your family needs. Take your time to plan out your preps. Because when disaster strikes, the person that have a plan are in general way better off than the people that have no plan. It will allow you to recognize the signs that things are coming down the pipeline. And having a plan will allow you to make decisions, which is crucial in life and death scenarios. Quick decisions and adaptability are key survival aptitudes. The Pareto Principle states that for most events, roughly 80% of the effects come from 20% of the causes. So think 80-20 rule during your preps. You can't be 100% ready for everything, but if you prepare 20% towards any of your concerns, you're most likely going to survive that threat or catastrophe as most people have no prep done at all. It's an ongoing process. It's taken me over two decades to figure all of this out. Research and practical real-life training and experiences. I wish that when I started, I would have had access to checklists and someone to show me the right way of prepping. It would have saved me money and tons of time. So I decided to start sharing my knowledge to serve and help as many people as possible so that they can feel inner peace and sleep good at night again. So we must create strong communities and brotherhood to survive the unpredictable world um, that we live in right now. And uh, after you complete uh, a threat analysis, you need to start making your plan and some lists. You need to figure out personal and family security. You have to figure out inventory and supplies. Then you have to make a budget for your emergency kits, like uh, bug out bags, everyday carries, um, and more similar emergency kits like that. You need to have a bug out plan with emergency contacts, um, a uh, grab and go folder, uh, food and water storage, consumables like toilet paper, hygiene articles, and uh, medical, um, tools for building, repairing, and gardening. You also need to get some basic emergency skills and improve your physical and mental health. Now, getting your finances in order should also be a priority because uh, you don't want that to be the cause of your SHTF event, you know. You don't want to uh, create your own demise. And uh, you also want to learn and practice advanced skills like hunting, fishing, foraging, land navigation, personal defense, and more, and not in that particular order. Um, the hunting and fishing and the foraging uh, is something that should probably come a bit later in your preps, um, especially if you're living in an urban area. Um, there's no point hunting and fishing because there's not going to be a lot to hunt and fish in, in case of an emergency because uh, anyone uh, that's already out there has already been hunted and uh, uh, the fish in that area will be gone. But if you have access to a larger area, of course, uh, and if you're living out in the mountains or you're out in the woods, uh, there's a larger chance that you're going to have success. But I would say focus on <clears throat> excuse me, uh, land navigation and uh, personal defense 
and uh, securing your home uh, would probably be a priority uh, on my list. And uh, you also need to extend your grid down preparedness um, for a uh, long-term grid down scenario. And also, at last but not least, you need to build, uh, and this is more of an advanced level, is that you have to build a community of uh, like-minded people. Now, this is the short and quick highlighted version of a long list of subjects that need to be discussed. And yes, it will take years to complete. It's like anything new you do. It takes time to perfect it. Again, remember, it's, uh, remember the 80-20 rule. I have a more detailed prepper checklist that you can download um, on my website, thevikingprepper.com. Um, I will leave a link in the description to my website where you can download it. And uh, in future podcasts, I will try to break down this list into more detailed work and information. But I also feel that some of the information is best shown on video. So go and check out my YouTube channel, also called The Viking Prepper where I have more of a, sort of a show-and-tell setup. Now, you're in the right place at the right time, so join me and other Viking warriors, and together we will have a continuous journey towards living a stress-free and prepared lifestyle. As a good warrior, we plan, prepare to prevail. I look forward to connecting and sharing stories with you. Until next time, be prepared and stay safe.